0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield and it's a new year, by the way, happy new year, but some might not like how the markets traded on the day in the sense that we had a lot of negativity going on within this grain complex, but higher numbers for the cattle, lower on the hogs. We're going to dive into what the movers and the shakers were of this entire market complex today with Kyle Bumstead, Kyle, of course, with Allendale. and Kyle, I want to start out with these livestock because, man, I'll tell you, cattle came out of the chutes for 2024 and... They let everybody know they were here.
1: Well, that's right, Susan. First of all, Happy New Year, everybody out there uh, listening, and uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, the cattle complex here as a whole uh, did very well today. I'm very pleased with the action I saw here. However, uh, looking here at these live cattle... We still uh, we still look to be range bound here. Starting out, uh, we went out here, uh, took out that old high there, one seventy four and change, uh, almost one seventy four and a half. We closed here at one seventy four and a half, basically the breakout point here from those highs we saw here over the last ten days. So, basically, went up, scored a new high for the move here, new four day high. Um, didn't make a new four week high, of course, but uh, you know, new four day high, I'll, and we closed up into new highs. I'll take that. Feeder cattle close about a dollar fifty off their highs, so we're going to see some uh, interesting swings here in this feeder cattle index here as we get the holidays wrapped up. We start to see more feeder cattle sales out there in the cut. In the country. Now, uh, most of you are going to do a double take here when they uh, post the feeder cattle index here today. But uh, from Friday's sales, that index is going to be up over about 12 bucks, And uh, the sales here from yesterday, the index is going to be up another $0.18. Cents. So uh, when we look at the numbers going in there, we, as a total for the last couple of days, we had less than 800 head going in there. So that's what I mean by taking some wild swings here as far as the feeder cattle index. We can uh, make some big moves on very low volume, and that's what we saw here last week when there were no sales. And that's what we're going to see here as we start to get a few more sales start to trickle in here to start the new year. Uh, On the live cattle side of things here, the cash market here last week was higher. That is uh, part of the sentiment, part of the reason we were higher here starting out today. Also, I think there's a little bit of weather premium starting to get built in here as they're talking of another weather storm moving up here through Kansas and central Nebraska here this weekend into next week, which... We can take the moisture, but I don't know if we, how many tons we're going to cut off here off, the, off these cattle, Susan. These, uh, this last storm here really set some of these cattle back.
0: You know, and really in, in the wide picture, these cattle have had a pretty decent growing uh, season for them this winter because it's been pretty decent. But again, like you said, this next movement comes in. Should it be as as interesting as they say it could be with the amount of snow it could make for some struggles?
1: Well, that's right. And uh, when you talk about the good growing conditions, I've, I've had a lot of people say, "Well, you know, that's part of the reason the cattle went down here this last month." And I, I have to, I have to kind of say I disagree with that because what kept the what kept the cattle market going down and what got these cattle so big, yes, the the weather was a c- contributor to that, and cheap, cheaper feed was a, a contributor to that as well. But we also saw a lot more premium out here in these deferred contracts. So. I think that's what it was. It was, well, they're worth more out back. We'll just hold them a little longer. Corn's kind of cheap or corn's getting cheaper. I'm not saying it's kind of cheap. Corn was getting cheaper than it was here, uh, you know, when we put these cattle in the yards. So that's good. And we've got good weather conditions and, and, uh, you know, that's helping things out here. But I really think that that's what puts some tonnage on this market. Now, Today, for instance, starting the day out, we did see the bull spreads come to work here, where they started buying the front contracts, and they weren't—they were—they were buying the deferred contracts, but uh, not near as aggressive. So, that's what I like to see. If this market's going to pull itself up here and get some legs to it, you got to see the front end pull itself up. Bull markets wear their horns on the front, not on the rear ends, and that's
0: what we started <laughs> to see here today was a little bit of movement here in those front end spreads. What off what about for these hogs though? I mean, it just seems like they are stuck in a rut and cannot get out.
1: Hogs are, hogs are hogs. And I've always said, and, and friends and, and folks that I trade with and, and just friends in general and folks in general that know me know that uh, if we're going to do something with the hogs, you've got to have a note from your doctor and maybe, uh, maybe you're an, a nerd, uh, maybe your mom or something like that if you're going to trade hogs here as far as speculatively. But, uh, from a chart standpoint, we've got some downside here we can take, uh, and move on down here as far as this February contract goes. The index is sitting around 65.35 and I think that index is going to keep working a little bit lower. Uh, we did take out that previous low here of a 65.80. And I think if we uh, want to get technical, we could, uh, maybe find, maybe eyeball some support down here on $62. That chart is not oversold by any means yet as far as the short-term daily chart goes. Uh, the weekly chart is still got a little bit more room here to the downside, but it's going to be pretty hard to get a reversal to the upside and change the trend here, uh, when we start off the week, uh, on a, on a soft tone like we did today.
0: What are you looking at um, as this tone has been set? Can we keep up the momentum for the cattle into this week?
1: That's a very good question. Now, seasonally, we do see the cash market the first quarter of the year trade higher on average than we do the fourth quarter of the previous year. We've seen that happen nine out of the last 10 years. So. I am looking for this cash market to keep some uh, to keep a bid underneath it. However, we do still have some short term. We have some cattle to work through here up here on the front end supply. Uh, we did see the show list up another fifteen thousand head here this week that come out about midday. But I'm also concerned about the cutout values. And I know we're not in the business of selling boxed beef, but that is something that does eventually trickle back down here and affect things as far as the live cattle price. Now, today at noon, choice cutout was down four ninety-nine. I don't read much into that. I've got to see what the evening cutout is. If we start to lose some more ground on these cutouts again and start slipping again on the cutouts, I could get a little bit concerned here as the Packer margin has dipped back into the red. So they really don't have to they really don't have to bid up, obviously with the higher show list. We got a little tonnage out here. And uh, if product is slipping a little bit, we could trade steady at best this week. I'm thinking that cash is going to be steady higher uh, with the emphasis on the higher part, but that'll be uh, determined probably on what happens with box B for the next couple of days, Susan.
0: All right. Well, of course, we got to keep an eye on this market, keep an eye on the weather. And have you heard anything about holiday mm-hmm. demand and movement at this point?
1: I'm very disappointed as far as demand goes here with these shortened uh, kill weeks that we've had, shortened production, and we can't get the product to uh, pick up any more than it has. I'm a little bit concerned about that. So I, I am concerned about some of the holiday movement that we've uh, that we've had that we've seen. Now we could see some short term, some quick sales here, but uh, we didn't see anything here today at noon uh, as far as some quick restock, uh, some quick ship type deals. Didn't see anything like that come uh, come to the table here at midday. So I'm a little bit concerned about that too, starting
0: out. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Channel Final Bell. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Kyle Bumstead. and. Opposite of what we saw with the higher livestock numbers on the cattle, the grains kind of set a tone to the negative to start out this first trading session, and I know there's a lot of influence that happened over the weekend with outside market influences, but what was your biggest takeaway for this grain complex as a whole?
1: Uh, biggest takeaway is I think that they're still doing some positioning here, uh, for the CFTC report here on Friday. We did see them as net buyers of, uh, corn here, uh, last, uh, Friday when that report came out. That's as a close last Tuesday. I'm looking for them to actually be trimming some of that length down here, uh, the way it looks here from today's action here from last Tuesday. Now, new contract lows in corn, that's not bullish. Uh, bull markets don't make new contract lows and that's what they did in corn here today. So, um i don't think it's all doom and gloom just yet as far as corn goes um it is winter time it's tough here there's a lot of corn starting to move i think everybody i talked to today was either uh getting an auger set up or has been moving a little bit of corn here today or uh you know in the process of getting in that mindset because there's a lot of money changing hands here from the first of january till about the 15th of march here at the first at the beginning of the year so um that's just Seasonally, what happens here, just a lot of money has to change hands, and I think that uh, you know when you look at uh, how much it costs to store corn, whether it's on farm or commercially, people say, "Well I don't cost that much to store it on farm, yes, it does when you figure out how much interest is costing. I mean, I talked to a guy this morning here in central Nebraska. you're looking at eight and a half to ten and a half percent interest, depending on where your operating loans at. everybody's different. But uh, he said it doesn't pay for me to store corn on the farm. He said, I moved it most of it and what little bit he's got left, he's getting ready to move that too, because you know, the interest cost alone is gonna eat it up. So that's what I think a lot of folks are coming to realization here is they need some money here in the next thirty to sixty days. And uh, you know, with the cost of money the way it is, it's time to move some corn here. And I think you're gonna see those bin doors start to open here. Once we uh, you know, get here past the first uh, week, you're gonna start to see a lot more corn start to move. And the basis will reflect that too, if that's the case. Now, um, also keep an eye on that South American weather. Um, obviously we did get some rains down there from the looks of it and the commercials here look like uh, there was a little bit of commercial selling out there. So it looks to me like the, the rains did come to fruition. We were also underpinned here. We had some, uh, basically just selling here in the wheat market, selling in the crude oil market. And, you know, sometimes, uh, when those markets start to sell or they get into that trending mode here, uh, when they start the day, it's pretty tough to lift them back up. But, uh, we did see uh, the soybean complex. It did gap lower here this morning. Uh, I do think that uh, these beans could run into some uh, support down here. Take a look at this May contract. I'm, I'm kind of focusing on the March and the May right now because January is in delivery. But uh, these, uh, <clears throat> These March beans don't really have much for uh, good, for decent support until you get back down here to the low of around 1262 and a quarter. So we've got about 20 more cents to go before a major support. We did violate some of those levels by, and we gap lower here this morning to start too. So that doesn't really look good here to start the week. However, if a complex is going to, to uh, work higher, I would rather see them start off the week on a weaker tone than start off on a strong tone. Because if you uh, start off weak, you've got all week to bring this thing back. And in the case of uh, the bean spreads, we did see the March gain on the May and the May gain on the July fractionally here. So it looks to me like we did see a little bit of commercial buying here uh, in the uh, in the uh, deferred uh, spreads as we saw the uh, non-commercial selling here. And if we remember, the non-commercial funds are still long some beans too. So that uh, when they were selling, it looks like there was some commercial buying going on out there. But I think as we get closer to this USDA report here at the end of next week, we could be in a, uh, a setup here where a producer could be looking to, uh, especially if you're on the uh, end user side of things, be looking up some, uh, locking up some uh, corn or some bean or some bean meal needs here as we get to the end of next week. Now. Uh, A lot of the folks that I work with have done some option strategies that have got some options in place and looking to get some futures in place as well, too, before this report here in the case of corn. There is a seasonal buy coming up here on corn that starts at the end of the next week Well, too. uh, but That's in the May contract. So if May corn is going to go up here seasonally like it should, then we could see this March corn uh, work higher as well. But we got to keep in mind, there's quite a bit of carry out there. There's 13 cents carry from March to May. So you got to be careful which one you're going to buy, because if you get stuck, you could see that thing drift on down here to where the front month goes off
0: you know since the fact and i know there was some earlier chatter today about it uh kyle the fact that the ground is not as frozen as it normally is in january and, and now they're looking at this forecast to bring snow and in some parts of kansas rain do you think the wheat market might grab a hold of that and run with it
1: it's possible but uh wheat is a very tough market especially in the winter time i mean the month of december it really never liked to be long wheat but when you look at the sweet complex as it's been setting up, it's been up one day, down the next, and it's up one day, and then it's down the next. So it's been trading every other day pretty much here for the last month. So it's tough to say we come in here tomorrow and we can see all these uh, losses, uh, you know, erased. So that's a, that's a tough question here. Um, but I do think that any moisture that we need to really be watching for is going to come out here in the next uh, six to eight weeks. Once we get through January, we start looking into, get into February, we're going to be looking into that. What are the rains look like, like here through the month of March and early April? That's the ones I think we really have to look at here as far as the wheat complex is concerned.
0: All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: You can call me here at the office at 308-708-7340.
0: And that is today's channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network.